Oh, guys, the wonderful thing of starting new endeavors. Now, guys, we have a wonderful and beautiful endeavor for you guys here today. It's me and Janelle. Um, Janelle, just so you can go and give us an introduction. Hi, guys. Um, not real big on introductions. I just want to jump right in. Um, but yeah, moving forward, we are the Just Context um, podcast. Um, I feel like a lot of discussions that are had recently, um, maybe within the last few years, they lack context. Uh, people will throw their sides of things at you and, you know, somebody will have a perspective here and another person will have a perspective here. But Correct. when you put it in context, you end up with a completely different perspective. So that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. And I love keeping things in context and we may take stuff out of context sometimes. But I guess that's a beautiful to have an open-minded conversation. You know what I mean? Just because it keeps, I, I would like to say, debates on on open platform. I think this is what the world has been missing. Because a lot of people, I would say, is sensitive towards what they want to hear, what they don't want to hear, and actually what the reality of it is. Because sometimes things in reality is different from what it seems like on the books or what statistics may put on TV. You know what I mean? Um, I would say this. I think this is one of the most beautiful things why I like having this endeavor, Janelle. Um, Janelle, I'm, I'm definitely going to throw this out there from now. Just, you know, Janelle is a lawyer. So I get to pick her mind on, I, I, I can't say legal aspect because that will take away from, from what her current, her work is outside of podcast world. But just so we can get, I guess, I guess I, I'm, I'm an idea of mindset that somebody who gets to look at something from two different perspectives because um, not saying we're not both from the streets or in the streets or off the streets or know about the streets, but I think that where we are in different places in the world because we're not in the same place, I think that will that's one of the best thing about us. So we are doing this from two different locations, um, and we have two different people that we get to interact with. So I think that kind of opens up the platform and our conversation and what we're going to be able to discuss. So yes, guys, very 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 much excited. Now, Janelle, is there anything you'd like to start with first? So, um, today I really actually wanted to start off, like, do, you know, inaugural podcast talking about politics because it's such a huge um, thing uh, or conversation these days. Yeah. But something just happened today that made me say, no, 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 no. We have to talk about this instead. All right, here we go. <laughs> Um, so Nick Cannon has a podcast. I didn't even know he had a podcast. I'm new to podcast world. Um, the only podcast I ever listened to is one pot podcast. And that's my boys. <laughs> um, so yeah, apparently he has a podcast and he had a guest on his podcast, um, who I guess is of the school of thought that um, black Hebrews or black Israelites uh, exist, you know, more than anything exist, but That's that, but that they're um, somehow superior. Right. Um, so I guess in conversation, um, Nick Cannon, you know, agreed with certain things that his guest was saying. Okay. Um, and it put him in some hot water. He got dropped by Viacom. Uh, Viacom wow. is 
a broadcasting company. They own um, stations like MTV, VH1, um, among others. I think they had a merger with CBS. Um, so they're huge. They're really huge. And Wild and Out has been on air for a long time, you know, hosted by Nick Cannon on Viacom. Yes. So so is The Mask as well. He was like one of the mask hosts. So I know um, on his Viacom platform, there's a lot of different things that he does. He does, but I don't know that The Mask is on Viacom. I think they were on a different station, but I'm not really sure. Um, but Nickelodeon's on Viacom as well. So, yeah. you know, anything regarding his Nickelodeon work, um, I suppose that has been taken from him, stripped of him. Um, but Wild and Out was a big thing because he does not own Wild and Out exclusively. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so I woke up to all of this this morning being spoken about on social media. And I was just, you know, I, I had to delve deeper because I was so uneducated um, about a lot of this. I mean, just simply him even having a podcast. I didn't even know he had a podcast. Um, but then you get deeper into the conversation and, you know, he's being accused of anti-Semitism. Um, he's, I don't know, I guess people are just saying that he, well, first of all, people are saying he's racist. I mean, I'm going to let you know that there were a couple different avenues of that conversation on his podcast that, um, you know, were historically, in my opinion, correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, about white people, um, Caucasians, if you want to be politically correct. I personally don't feel like there's anything wrong in calling white people white people the same way I don't feel like there's anything wrong in calling black people black people. Um, so, you know, if you hear me say white people or black people, I'm not using that in any kind of, you know, racist or prejudiced context. Um, that's just how I speak. <laughs> Um, I'm happy you got it out of the way early, just in case anybody having them feelings or want to get hurt. I want to make sure we set that out there, guys. It's just natural talk, natural conversation. So if you hear it, don't feel no way. And for anybody who missed it, I guess I'm going to use a little clip so you can revert back to that in case anybody have any feelings. Continue, Janelle. But so I wanted to talk about this topic because um, it was at first I was reading stuff. I didn't actually... Um, watch the podcast like I, I didn't see what was being said I just read you know a few articles and a few um hot takes off of uh you know baller alert and TMZ and that kind of thing on social media um so when I saw it initially it didn't really sound bad um the articles were talking about him saying that I guess white people were historically savages they were historically the conquerors historically um you know going to other people's nations and raping and pillaging and um they were barbaric right i don't i don't think that logically speaking there is an argument to say otherwise i yeah, mean, I feel I mean the, the times do speak of it too but i do want to make something to to you know as bad as we say that um, black people participated in that, sh in that foolishness too. I was going to curse. But in a sense that white people did pay black people to do it, but yes, black white people technically have been the, the, the CFO or the CEO of the endeavor. 
um, as always. So I technically would agree in the matter, but I want to give credit where credit is due on both sides of the fence as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to me, I was just looking at it like, okay, this is, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand why everybody's up in arms right now. Yeah. Um, then I saw a short clip on him saying that not only, you know, are white people or were white people, um, savage and barbaric, um, but that they were, I, I suppose a little, a little less than was the quote, a little less than because they did not have melanin or pigmentation. Yeah, the sun is a devious thing. What I, I, I hear you with that one, Janelle. But so, but so, <laughs> you know, when you when you read that, it's like, oh, okay, like really, um, because personally, I do not ascribe to the school of thought that one um, race is superior to another. So, I am all about black people, right? I am all about you know people who look like me um, succeeding. You know, according to Issa Rae, I'm, I'm for everybody who's black, right? Yeah. Um, but I will never, I will never sit here and say that we are better than a specific race or, a, you know, specific people. I feel like if you're um, going to say that you're better than racism and prejudice, there's not really room for you to say that you're better than an entire race or better than an entire uh, demographic of people, right? Um, so, you know, I saw it and I was kind of just like, ah, okay, that's kind of crappy of him to say. That's true. Um, but then I went deeper and I started like, I really was sitting here like, okay, so which part was the anti-Semitism? I want to know. Um, then I saw another little clip talking about, um, the Rothschild family. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really know much about the Rothschild. So I called you. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not really into a lot of conspiracy theories. Um, it's not really my speed. The only conspiracy theory that I can probably say that I've always been on board with were aliens. Like, I, I don't know how you can be, uh, I don't know, any kind of life force and not think that we're the only people in the universe. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. I no, no, no. <laughs> um so to me that was never a conspiracy theory it was just like okay we don't have proof yet <laughs> but all yeah. along we did have proof apparently because you know the pentagon told us that anyway um so yeah i'm looking for the anti-semitism and then you know come across the little clip of him talking about the rothschild family and i got super confused at that point because i'm like all right i don't know much about this family but i don't understand and i mean Again, I'm 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 slightly uneducated at, on this topic, right? Um, but I don't understand how referring to one family who are Jewish is referring to all Jewish people. Um, and as far as I understand, anti-Semitism is referring to all Jewish people, the same as racism, you know, against black people is against all black people, right? Um, it's holding thoughts or um, viewpoints that, I guess, are against that religion, right? Yeah. Um, 
so I was kind of sitting here like, okay, are they like a royal family? Like how, like, what is it that makes all Jewish people relate to them so hard that um, it be- naturally becomes anti-Semitic to speak about them? And, and I mean, what he was saying is like the fact that they um, were, you know, had such uh, control, I guess, over the banking and finance industry. That's correct. And and that's I mean as far as I understand it that's true. Yeah, that's correct. Um, they did do a, a lot in the in the financial industry, especially when it when it comes to, um, not not to go down the conspiracy theory. They have a lot to do with the, the value of the of the of gold, right? Um, during a time when when the America was going through its crisis, and America was was selling gold, what they technically was doing, and they did it with other family. They started buying back America's gold back into back into the country so they basically could control the value of the go- of, of the value of gold so basically they can raise the value or drop the value by any rate but as i would say those are conspiracy theory and it is said they've used it and this is why this is this is what conspiracy because the, the thing about conspiracy and one of the good thing about conspiracy if you do your job right as a, as a bad company and i'm not going to say that they're bad is that if you do something negative and you don't get caught you can't say you caught me. You can you can speculate as much as you want. But what they've said they've done, they've used this leverage of, of money and power to destroy other companies and destroy other families just so they can keep their their own personal endeavors afloat. So um it's it's a it's a it's a it's a nasty way to I wouldn't say it's a nasty way to look at it, but I'm gonna say this. I play video games, right? In the retrospect, people do th- people do stuff to take advantage of other people. Right in in the sense of how to make their business endeavor work, but it's basically it's at the scale where they're where they were able to do it at, because when they decide that they want to use their financial power to influence something, it wasn't small businesses. It was used to influence countries. Like for example, they were against the the Rothschild family was against Napoleon, so. They were helping, basically using their money, and at that time, the gold value was the, was the, was the, the major standard because that's what all all dollar is basically weighed at the gold standard. Just so we can we can get past currencies, you know what I mean? Um, and I would I would say I'm happy for, happy for trading world for teaching me that part, but based on the based on the gold standard. So what they what they what what they had power over in those previous centuries was money and infrastructure. Which now, I guess, technology kind of put them at the back burner. That's why their name is not as potent as it is. But I, I'm going to give my personal opinion and why I think it's hurting Nick Cannon the way it is. It's, it's a, it's a big thing about biting the hand that feed you. Well, okay, so let, let me continue on my journey this morning before we get to that. Right. All right go ahead, Janelle. Go ahead. So. First of all, you know, I I wake up to this news and it's kind of like I'm getting bite after bite and I'm not really getting the full story. Um, But so when I first started realizing like, okay, he talked about the Rothschild family and people are upset. I was like, okay, but how is that anti-Semitic? I don't get it. And and I'm being genuine. Like, I I really don't understand um, how mentioning their... um, power in the banking and finance industry was anti-Semitic just because they are simply one Jewish family, you know? Uh Um, But then, at that point, my thoughts were, okay, 
this is kind of ridiculous. Like, you know, if they want to kick him off of Viacom, if they want to, you know, even if they decide, um, you know, to never work with him again, they take all of his contracts and everything. At this point in time, um, you know, black people have people in that industry, right? That's correct. With her own network. You have um, Tyler Perry with his own studio. That's correct. (laughs) You have, um, you know, just so many people in that industry that he can, you know, be propped up by. Um, So in my mind, I was like, okay, let's see if these people step up and help him in this situation because I don't think that it's fair. Um, So I watched and I was like, okay, let me try and get more information on this, right? So I finally came across his actual podcast. Mm-hmm. It was like an hour and a half long. Unfortunately, I listened to the entire thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I only say unfortunately, like I, this is not a dig at him. It's just that it was so long and drawn out on things that I don't necessarily um, care about. Uh, uh, care about, believe in. Um, it was just so much. And I was just like, oh, God, stop talking. Um I'm not to say that his podcast is boring. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this particular one that everybody's up in arms about. Um, So first of all, let me preface this by saying I am not religious. Um, I do not... uh, I don't believe in religion at all, honestly. I believe in God. Um, So I have a relationship with God, but apart from that, I'm not really into, you know, um, Christianity is top you know, priority or Catholicism is, is priority or, you know, Judaism, whatever, whatever religion is, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not ascribed to any of them. Right. So initially the conversation started out about, um, I guess his role in, um, not even, not his role, sorry, his guest's role. Um, his guest, I, I don't remember who he is at this point. They said it a few times in the podcast. He was somebody that was in, um, I guess, a rap group back in the day. Um, yeah, me, I need, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't that intrigued, you know, as bad as it sounds. They alienated this guy for his thoughts, um, and they made the like group leave him behind, and then he became like enemy number one in the media. Um, I wish I remembered his name right now, but yeah, not really too bothered about that. <laughs> Anyways, so his views on, I guess, how he got uh, to be enemy number one. So he was talking about um, him naming names as far as who was in charge of the um, not only media industry, but also the music industry. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, when it comes down to it, I guess the the people who were in charge of the music industry back then um perhaps they were Jewish. I'm not really sure how that conversation led into that, but I know that they were talking about media further on into it. And, you know, as we know, there are big names and um, big people in media who are Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he starts talking about, uh, you know, black Hebrews and black Israelites. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I'm looking and I'm, I, I feel weird. I feel icky. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, like I said, I don't ascribe to any religion, but at the end of the day, why are we arguing about who these people were? Like, um, I think their entire uh, premise of like, you, you're not real Israelites, like we are real Israelites, like, I can see the anti-Semitism. I can see it because it's, it's, it's almost erasure of this uh, religion. It's, it's you're, what you believe is not real and what I believe is real. And, and I mean, at, at the very foundation of it, you have to see that something's wrong with that. Um, I feel like every person who has their own uh, religion is going to be, you know, well, I, what I believe is right and what you believe is right. And that's, that's correct. That's correct that's that's really why they tell you don't talk about religion like just keep it to yourself um so when you get into that conversation and it's like well you took our religion and this is really who we are and um quote unquote we are the chosen people because we have black skin and you don't i mean how do you not see that there's something um inherently wrong in a conversation that's saying like you did this to us but in reality, we should have been doing it to you. And that's really the foundation of the conversation because it's saying that um, at the end of the day, we were supposed to be the people on top and you were supposed to be uh, our slaves. And I did read that. <laughs> like, that's really yeah. what black yeah. people believe. And I mean, you know, not, not, not to change context of it, it, it will be crazy to think of, if you think of the locations where a lot of, um, scriptures was written and not to jump into anti-Semitic because there is no color when it comes to, when it comes to people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, white people in their sense would not, I wouldn't want to say be the real Hebrews because it would have been more, you see, if you, if you take a complexion, look at what Middle Eastern people look like, which would have been more yellow Indianish complexion, mm -hmm. that would, that would have been a little bit more closer reference in in what sense and even if even if you want to think about where israel is located or how close a lot of this is in africa you will realize that the complexion is a is a is a tad darker um the white people of are are caucasian themselves would be more italians and romans and europeans you know what i mean so in that conversation and this is these are the these are the reason why i'm happy that we get to put things in context because that part of history, Janelle, I'm not saying it, it the, I'm going to use a very strong statement that I've heard. The ink has dried Okay. on that part of history. So I understand that. I understand history. I understand geography. I understand saying, yeah. okay, um, they probably weren't, you know, as white as they portrayed them yeah. to be. Um, at the end of the day, I don't really give a crap. That's I don't what I'm saying. The ink is dried on that part. Let's move to the future right. where the ink is still wet. You know what I mean? Where we're still writing stuff. So, you know, after hearing the conversation, I came away with, you know, two separate thoughts. Yes, conversation that was being had tended in the anti-Semitic uh, school of thought, right? Mm -hmm. But also, I'm not sure that I actually feel like Nick Cannon was completely being outwardly anti-Semitic, right? I feel like his guest um, definitely has those thoughts and his guest yeah. 
voice them, um, you know, loudly, right? Yeah. Um, He, as the host, was agreeing with certain things that he said, you know, certain things that he said was facts. And he and he said it. He was like, yeah, you're speaking facts, right? Um, What he was speaking facts about and what uh, the context to that statement was the people who own the music industry and the people who own media, right? At that point in time. Um, Here's the thing. I know that um, saying, you know, Jews own the media, there's an anti-Semitic sentiment to saying something like that because you're basically inferring that there's some kind of plot or conspiracy behind the fact that Jewish people own companies in media. Um, The thought process behind it is basically that, you know, Jews all got together and bought media and said, hey, we're going to, you know, report certain ways and do certain things. And, you know, they all know each other and they're all sitting in, you know, one conference room being, uh, I don't know. Honestly, I really don't know. I, w- I was, I was, you know, researching and looking and, and listening, and I was kind of just like, I mean, can if we were to turn this around and say the same thing about Black people, um, you know, they're all friends and they all think the same and they all got together for some, you know, big agenda <laughs> because they they own companies that are, you know, big in this industry. I mean, how many Black people can you really uh, put in a room um, that are all going to be on the same page and that are all going to be wanting to do the same things, right? So to say that every Jewish person in media who owns companies in media knows each other, one, but two, just came together and decided, like, yeah, this is what we're going to be doing. (laughs) Sorry, guys. My laptop's (laughs) hooked up to the iPhone. (laughs) I was like, I was like, Bing. hey guys, if that wasn't a light in in the, in in a moment, because um, you know that that's 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 something that's crazy. Can I say something not to interject? What is wrong with the Jewish people all coming together, owning something, right, and being successful in it? Um, technically, I mean, it's gonna sound and guys, not to, not to sound weird. There's there that's how the game should have been. Play. If black people would have took would have took a page out of the Jewish people book in that retrospect, in the level of success, we would have gathered a lot of those things. So okay. not saying anything. So I'm not I'm, I can't put true to the matter because I don't know if every Jewish people own majority of the media industry. But if if there's a community that's working together, like I guess all the Asian people own all the Chinese restaurants and they know each other and the, all the Japanese restaurants. Right, but if you're doing something where your community can be successful from it, that's what you should do. Right yeah. now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and I don't think that that's where the anti-Semitism comes in. Um, I don't think it's wrong to say that you know the community needs to build themselves up and work together and all of that. Right. right. Uh, and I actually so admire um, the way that Jewish people come together and take care oh, of. Them. I'm saying. Yeah. Um. I've been to a bar mitzvah. It's fun. <laughs> um, I have a Jewish best friend, and sometimes when she speaks to me about her family and like you know how they take care of each other, I'm like, wow. Um, you know, I, I wish that um, black people could think about things the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Um, but so here's the thing. I think in in my you know limited education on this topic because I'm I'm not super educated on anti-Semitism. I can only say what I see. Right. Um, what I think about the issue is not to say that you know they have power or um, they own these companies or um, even that they have a controlling interest in media. Right. I don't think that that is in itself anti-Semitic. I think the anti-Semitism comes in when you're inferring, like I said, that because they have a controlling interest or um, because they they have these uh, companies and maybe know each other, that they somehow came together um, to do horrible things. Okay. Um, and I think that's that's what's behind some of these theories. Some of these conspiracy theories is kind of just like you know they're doing this to keep people down, and they're doing this. Um, they're they're coming together to control what people see in the media because, um, you know, I, I feel like as black people we can already say that um, how we are portrayed in media is not great. That's um, correct for the most part, generally speaking, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like the anti-Semitism comes in when you're trying to infer that Jewish people have, you know, not something to do with it, but they are the reason for it. Okay. Um, and you're basically, you know, hating Jewish people and saying that they are, um, I mean, essentially the same as, as the quote unquote white barbarians that Nick Cannon was referring to. Right. Mm. Um, they collectively came together and, and decided to keep us down in some way. <clears throat> I may be wrong. Um, and I'm not afraid to ever say that, you know, I'm, I'm not as educated on the topic or I, you know, I could be wrong about something. Um, I could be completely missing an aspect of anti-Semitism in saying that, you know, there is a controlling interest or, and I'm not even sure if that's true. I did see articles talking about, you know, the Washington Post and like other newspapers that um, Jewish people own or did own or whatever. Um, let's just go with, the, you know, the premise that it, it is true, right? Um, that they do or s certain individual Jewish people do own controlling interests in whatever media, right? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't in itself see um, hate in that in those statements. Right. I, I just think it's it's the it's the context. It's it's what's being inferred from that fact. Um, so, you know, after I saw it, I was kind of just like, eh, I'm not happy about it. <clears throat> I don't really like where his guest was going with a lot of things that he was saying. Um, like I said, there's a there's a, a difference between being for black people and feeling like blacks are superior. Mm -hmm. um, the same as I'd feel about, you know, white supremacy and their ideals. That you're superior, that's correct. Right. You know, we're all one. Right. I agree with that. So, um, I didn't I didn't necessarily like it, but then like I said, I don't know that I agree that he in like his thoughts and his um what he was saying was anti-Semitic. I think that he was um directly mirroring what his guest had said, number one. Number two, when he did agree with him, he it, it was about facts. It was about history. It was about the fact, just like you were saying a while ago, you know, when you look at people in that geography, in that region, um, you know, their skin probably wasn't as white as, That's you great. know, it's portrayed to be, right? Yeah. So those 
if I can understand when you're talking about beliefs. Um, and then he was also actually saying, these are concepts and thoughts that I'm bringing back to what Dr. Farrakhan said. Right. Okay. Who he apparently is known to be, you know, very anti-Semitic. That's, cor- that's correct. Not to take away from Minister Farrakhan, but that is that 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 can be placed in the same context. Um, I've never listened to him. I don't know who he is. Honestly. No, I, well, I can't. <laughs> I've, I've heard him speak. Um, in a sense, he's very much for um, black empowerment, and I'm all for black empowerment. But I am very. I'm not big in empowering one race to deteriorate another. So right. that's that's where my my conversation may switch because um i'm gonna say this you know being being in different parts of the world i've had opportunity to to dove into different races coming from jamaica i had the opportunity to be around black and white race because i had family members who was in saint elizabeth right so i was down there and i met the white white jamaicans people who blew people mind then coming to coming to america being in miami i had the opportunity to be around hispanics so I had to enjoy in their race. Then moving to more towards the central Florida area, I had to deal with people call. And guys, don't get upset because I love my people, right? Rednecks. You know what I mean? Because I ate some gators too. So I can't, I can't, I'm not going to act brand new to the cause. You know what I mean? And I've gotten hate and love from, from, from different set of people. And you get to understand like, yo, at the end of the day, we're all we're all one, and we all just want to enjoy each other's company and be around each other. Because I ain't gonna lie, some of the stuff that I've learned from my different cultures of people, I've enjoyed, and I'm and I would say I've enjoyed and I've disliked. There are things I don't like, because for example, my Black American people know when they run upon me and be like, "You want some chitlins or pig feet?" I'm gonna be like, "No." <laughs> You know what I mean? But, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that don't mean I don't love you. That don't mean I don't eat it. You feel what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's just, to, it's just to understand that there's, there's things that you like and there's things that you dislike. Like people will be like, oh, so what you don't like about Jamaican people? Jamaican people too ignorant. You feel what I'm saying? Sometimes we probably need to calm stuff down before we, before we get a little bit, bit too feisty. But, the, the thing is, you got to be open to, to criticisms as well as much as everybody wants praises. Now, even even with the Nick, the Nick Cannon thing, I'm going to say this. And I feel like Nick Cannon is being hurt because of his guests. I felt like Viacom didn't like what his guests had to say. And right. technically, he's, he's getting punished for it. And you know what? It, I think it's a good thing. Because it's a good thing to show, and not to say anything... Else, if black people feel like they 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 want their lack of power or they want to show areas that they can be strong in, I think this is an opportunity. But this is also an opportunity to to educate because, for one, a lot of people didn't understand what his host was saying. Right now, for people who's had the opportunity to go search about Hebrews and I don't want to go into the into the linguistics of of what religion and not religion is, right? But I, let, I would hope that it opened up a conversation that people do some research on both sides of the fences for the people who were upset, who felt the anti, who felt the, the son of, I want to say, pronounce it correctly, blah, anti-Semitism, right? Or for people who do not feel a way for, for any side. I hope that it opens up the conversation. And I hope that for Nick Cannon's next endeavor, right, that it will work in better suit. Because for one, 
it's gonna sound bad to say this. Nick has been in has been around those same people, Janelle, since he was a young boy. You gotta remember, Nick Dad was years. Yeah, but no, Janelle, remember, Nick Dad was on TV first. That's how Nick was was around the television audience. And he was on Nick Canning, I mean Nickelodeon, sorry, since he was a very young personnel. He's been I mean you want to hear something funny? Um, I was on the internet a couple, it's about a week ago, listening to Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx is talking about Drake and different, and all these different artists that he's worked with and he's popped out, right? And he's talking about how Nick Cannon was one of the kids that was staying at his house, right? You know, and to show that you've been around these people, so you you know you know what it is. And I'm not saying, like, you don't out these people, Right? I'm not saying don't out him, but if you know it's going to mess your money up, you got to be careful. So I'm going to say this. I felt like Nick Cannon did this with a heavy heart because for one, a lot of his shows, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt while and out. The only time I know anybody was watching while and out really nowadays was on YouTube. Nobody was really watching while and out on TV. Cause I wasn't, I, I, most people I know, most people I know don't watch TV anyway. Um, in the, the, the dark light of Nick Cannon situation, um, Diddy owns Revolt TV. And did he basically reach? <laughs> yeah, did he reach out to him? Did he reach out to him because benefit? <laughs> well, I mean, and you know, that's the reason why I'm saying it. It there's opportunity in this because you list a couple of things. You said Oprah got her own station. Um, Tyler Perry got his own studios, right? Mm-hmm. Did he got Revolt because that's how the Breakfast Club now mm-hmm. is on a is on a, a station because I like how he did it. Like Hot 97 or we call it not we call it um iHeart Radio owns the Breakfast Club technically, right? And they own the audio of the Breakfast Club. Didi owns the video of the Vex of the Breakfast Club for Revolt. That's cool. You, see, you get what I'm saying? So it's a it's a very good good play in words. But I would say this now: it should open up that conversation. And I think for some of our our strong black male actors and actresses who feel like this is a time for them to to meet you know to step out and do something different. Use some of that, that extensive money, even for Nick Cannon. If if Damon Dash said it, and I'm not a big fan of Damon Dash, but if you feel like you want to control your own rhetoric, rhetoric you have to own your own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what but I mean? He kind of was saying that. He's like, you know, you can't fire a boss, right? That's um, and to be fair, I feel like he definitely should have made sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, that is true. Before that is true. You have to vet your people sometimes, especially at his level. No, no, no. I'm not talking about his guests. I feel like you're entitled to have, you know, whatever guest you want to have on, on your show. I'm talking about he should have made sure that he actually owned Wild and Out. <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, just, just so I can get this in context, because I'm not sure about his the legality of the Wild and Out part, because that information is, is just being dawned upon me. Mm-hmm. Um. But when you when when you see shows like that being started, when you look at from where Nick Cannon started it from MTV, mm-hmm. you and I both know a lot of those people, they they are not gonna give you all the eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. That should have been a, a a a very common sense issue of it for a Nick Cannon. So that's what I'm saying. Like he, first of all, he started that show out of his own pocket, right? Um, like he paid for that. Um, and I think that he was under the mistaken impression that because he paid for it, it was his, but 
um, being on the Viacom network, I believe, I mean, obviously, I don't have that contract in front of me. Yes, um, do not. I believe that they ended up having the um, ownership of it. So now he's looking at them as if they swindled him. Um, you know, he's basically saying that they they used the opportunity to take the show from him. Um, they used the opportunity to, quote unquote, put him in his place, put the, the black boy in his place. Um, here's the thing. I love I love that Diddy stepped up. And, and that's honestly what I was looking at. Um, like I said, when I got up this morning, I was just like, OK, so who's going to step up? You know, he can record it at the studio. He can be on somebody else's network. Right. Um, but now the fact that he doesn't own the show is kind of just wow. Um, so I'm sure that there's going to be some kind of lawsuit um, in that situation. Um, I'm eager to see what happens. <laughs> uh, but I just I, I I'm 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 interested in in it more so because of what Nick was saying. He was saying that he actually did reach out to the network. He reached out to have a conversation to apologize and they wouldn't even answer his phone calls. Um, the owner wouldn't even answer his calls. Um, he's since his podcast aired actually come out with a, um, not necessarily an apology. I mean, there was an apology in it, but I, I don't know that I would consider it an, um, you know, a major apology. It was really just saying, you know, nothing that I said was malicious and I invite the opportunity to have open discourse about it. I, I want to be set straight if there is something to be set straight on. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so he definitely was talking about, you know, a lot of the Jewish community and rabbis and stuff like that, reaching out to him and showing support. Um, which I mean, like I said, that's amazing. I, I don't, definitely do not ascribe to, you know, one group or another being superior. So I, I think it's awesome that um, the opportunity called for them to come together. Um, I just, it's, it's interesting the things that he said about, you know, them using the opportunity to take the show from him. Because, I mean, let's be real. Wild and Out is not Wild and Out without Nick Cannon. No, it's not. It, it is not, but I would say this is, you know, and these are things that, that brings my curiosity because Wild Out is not Wild Out without Nick Cannon, but a lot of those talents that comes to Wild Out came to it because of Nick Cannon. Right. Right? Nothing show is, is the show without him. Now, this this would be the question. Will if, they back well, it's not it's not with their backing, you know, because now let's let let's, let's can I, I would like to get a little law a law hat. I'm not saying this is your 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 department in the sense of what contract now did Nick gain these young artists or comedians to sign? Are they on a six month contract? Are they on a one year contract? Are they on a two year contract? So technically, Nick leaves, mm -hmm. but because they're on the contract. Where can they go? Now, when you look at the type of people that Nick works with, and I'm not saying because when you talk to um, DC Young Fly, DC Young Fly is a, is, I'm a very I'm a fan of DC. I watched him and his him and his he girlfriend. Backed him, publicly backed him. 
No, but I'm I'm just saying, but I I was I wanted to use DC as an example. But you gotta remember DC's contract was just about to come to an end. I'm not sure if DC re- um renegotiated because DC is going is going to TRL. Okay. So let's let's see how that conversation goes, right? But in the sense that if you're not if your money didn't get good during that period, right? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to walk away from what's left? Now, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be getting another ten million dollar contract, right, and I only got three hundred stacks to, to to pick up off this deal, mm-hmm. you'll keep the three hundred. I got ten mil coming. You know what I, I mean? Here's the thing: I feel like everyone at this point knows that Nick Cannon is for his people, right? Anyone yeah. who never brought onto the show, they were allowed to be who they are. Um, yeah. He never took offense to anything. He let them do what they wanted to do, right? Um, and they know that they know that Nick has their back and has had their back. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I've seen at least three of the cast members already publicly back him. Um, I'm pretty sure that they're all going to rally around him. Um, I mean, I was actually eager to see if Justina Valentine was going to come forward and say something. <laughs> you know, she's basically the only, um, uh, <laughs> the only person on the show. I don't know her religion. Yeah. But it, it was just, you know, interesting. I, I, I was looking to see if it would happen. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Who knows if it's going to happen? Um, but in my opinion, if Nick is walking and or I mean, forced to walk, obviously, and he's going to revolt, I'm pretty sure he's going to look out for his people there, too. And I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some kind of, you know, contract. It's going to be a show with a new name. I just I would say this from what from what people have said about Diddy and contracts. As long as Diddy don't come shysty with a man, yeah. you feel what I'm saying. And these are these are the things that we have to work with because now now on the le- the legal side of it, because they know Nick is hurting, right? What is this new contract going to look like? You know I mean, what I mean? Well, is this contract going to look better? Let's let's be real. Nick Cannon is not hurting. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, yes, but you you know everything comes with a brand. Because yeah. when when they drop that deal, that deal technically majority of the time it covers him and the team. You know what I mean? It's it's normally a package deal for everybody to get paid under, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, where does the deal come? And that's where a lot that's where a lot of the small people, that's where friendship technically you know, you know gets destroyed. You know what I mean? Like yes, I would say this Justina DC like the guys who who found success after it because um, Chico Beans along with DC and one of the other guys. They know they 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 actually have a have a tour have a, have a, a podcast on tour. I'm not sure if you know about that because Chico found out, said that there was things that was going on on over there in the Wildland team that he didn't want to discuss from before. That you know him and Nick know about that made him have to walk away. So it just made it feel like there's other issues that has happened from Wildland out before, mm-hmm. right? That Dave like for example, remember how Dave Chappelle went through his issue with Comedy Central, right? Right. Which is technically the same people, but we're not we're not gonna try to dictate who these people are because I, I don't have their names at the hand to say to put them in context. Like this is who's saying this or this is who is saying that, mm-hmm. right? But it's the fact that when they try when they trying to take your your liability away because for one, I guarantee if Nick Cannon wasn't on a, this is this is where things get sticky for me, right? If Nick Cannon was under bashing black people in a sense, would it be the same? Would would the, would the rhetoric be the same thing? Let's ask that question. Well, what do you mean? Like, if if he was being anti anti Semitic against black people, 
right mm-hmm. on on his podcast, the way that they're talking about him being against the Rothschilds, right? Would would he face the same judgment that he's facing now? Well, I mean, if we're gonna keep it real, I mean, look how many racist white people are still on air <laughs> and have their own shows, and they're well, still doing completely fine, right? Janelle, I would say this ten years ago, yes. In the last two years, no. Every time, no, in the last two years, technically not. Because if you look how white people, in a sense, I'm going to use Bill O'Reilly. Cancer culture got Bill O'Reilly. But they got him in, in, in different ways that they need to get. It's like, if you watch how, how, the, how the racial conversation has gone nowadays, they've, they've actually found very good ways to ride that nice little line without causing any much issue. And I want to give a shout out to, photographer, to Tommy Lauren for that. Because Tommy showed me how, how great you can write that line and, and offend people without technically offending people, if I, if I say it the least. Because she's saying what she needs to say to offend the right people, but making the right people happy, but not bad enough to get herself kicked off the air. So to me, that's an art. You have to, you have to understand how, how creative you have to be to, to, to play that line. But it's, 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 it's different ways to say it. You get what I'm saying? But in the sense, I felt like Nick is going to get canceled because cancel culture has been hitting racial white people, right? And from the Viacom era, from their people, it's time that they make an example of black per- black people as well. Since since they've been forced to cancel white people, which has been going on for the last year, technically right now, Nick is the first black person to get canceled from the air for, for racial slurs at this moment. Because I, can't, I, I technically can't speak of anybody else that I've heard that lost major deals on this mm-hmm. but when you think about all the other white people who's been feeling this they've been feeling it so i felt like yo right now nick nick was like the was was the the person getting crucified in the moment that like you, you we're gonna have to sacrifice you and it i think it, as bad as it sounds you know and this is why i don't understand with white people not to be in the same rhetoric it's like yo if you saw one person get outed and lose their job one way that should be a big symbol for you to be like this you know what these are things i should not be saying Right. And I would say this to all my black people out here. It's like know know your lines and know how to write them. You know what I mean? Find mm-hmm. ways how to do it. For example, Trevor Noah does it all the time. And I love Trevor Noah. But he well, finds educated ways of how to get his point across without pushing the narrative. Now I can't wait to hear the way he addresses this in the canon situation. I'm not gonna lie, Janelle. Because well, I love I don't think that there's anything that I have ever heard from Trevor Noah that was even remotely racist. Um, I don't think that he, I mean, he's he's both black and white. I don't I don't think that there's a, a necessarily an agenda behind the things that he says. I think he's just educating simply. Yeah, but you um, know that that is that is the very that's the very essence of it. Because I'm not going to say Nick is not educated, but you have to be educated enough to know what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. Because if you watch Trevor Noah, he's had different people with different rhetorics come on his show, right? Mm-hmm. And he's find ways to agree with them without agreeing with them and getting himself in trouble. And he used pretty good words like this, right? I understand and I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I really do feel like that was the vibe that Nick was on. He was kind of just yeah. like, All right, so, you know without saying if we're saying xyz yeah. that's what he was doing he was just like so why would they be doing xyz exactly i was like okay it's not I, I don't know um i'm not i'm not ready to sink him 
No, I'm not. I mean, don't Nick, Nick, I love you, bro. But I'm not playing your music. I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to watch while I'm on YouTube. I ain't playing your music, bro. I, I will watch Drumline. Well, so they were talking about Tucker Carlson and how he's still on air and oh. taking a great grand vacation right now. Um, no, don't, don't let me get started with Tucker. There was another woman, I forgot who it was that they were talking about as well. But those are the people who I, who I was referring to when I said, you know, look at the white people that are on here that are racist. No, I, yeah, but Janelle, I want you to understand. Tucker Carlson is on Fox News, right? Mm-hmm. Fox News owns their rhetoric. Mm-hmm. They, they own their narrative. So you see, until he uses a slur... Right, like Bill O'Reilly did, because I want you to understand, Fox News was forced to cancel Bill O'Reilly. They had no choice. Tucker just hasn't pushed that button yet. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm telling you. It's it. There's a way for well, the line to get right for, for, for the line to get ridden. They fired a writer um, for hate speech or something along those lines, and then Tucker took a vacation. Right, <laughs> right, right. But you know, but that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling. And when you think about it, is then you sit here to think is hold on. So these guys are on TV talking, and they didn't write what they're saying. I don't know. No, Jenna, let's let's put it into perspective, because I love Dion Cole. Dion Cole is one of my favorite comedians. He used to write for Bill, um, Conan Conan O'Brien, right? Mm-hmm. So he used to write jokes to Conan O'Brien, and he will talk about all the all the people that he has to sit around because they all got to write these jokes. Now you sit here to think about like, so technically you're saying that if Tucker Carlson, now I, I can't speak on something I'm not completely aware of. So I wasn't aware of the, the, the writer being fired of how deep the story is. So I'm going to go on speculation, right? Basically what, when you say you took a vacation is like, I didn't write that. So even though I may have said it, Right, I'm only I'm just getting paid to do what I was told to do was read the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. That's like that's 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 how you 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 dodge that bullet. Yeah, and that's you know, how you get someone yeah. else fired. Right, but it's like so. Hold on, you're trying to tell me when you're reading this, and you're re- and that comes up to you, it doesn't it doesn't go to your mouth like I don't think I should be saying this. That that doesn't come. That doesn't. That doesn't happen, and I'm gonna say this, general. This is the reason why I I have an issue with a lot of this police police thing, and I feel like I know we want to defund the police, but police just need they need to figure out how to retrain people because police is never gonna get defunded as much as it, it as as yeah. crazy as it sounds. A whole different conversation. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> but in in the retrospect, it's like people need to just understand and. And know what they're doing in in both sense. I, I'm gonna say this in the Nick Cannon aspect. I feel bad for Nick. I really do. I I know that based on the different avenues that he's gonna lose money from at this moment, mm-hmm. right? You know, I know he bought a couple two million dollar shoes. So there's you know, I mean, they could be returned for a milli. That's if you <laughs> if you if you're if, if you're hurting that badly. But I'm just saying, no. There's way there's ways for you to recover. And I want to say this. Um. For any, for every black media source out there who is doing what Diddy did for Nick, please do. Um, and I think this is a moment that for everybody out there, I think this is an education. It's a very educated moment. In, I, I in agree. Different sense. I think that this entire situation um, was full of education for um, everyone in context. <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, just context. This, just context, right? Um, this entire situation, I think, um, is is great for educational purposes, and I think that the reason that people feel bad for Nick is because I don't really feel genuinely that he is, um, you know, anti-Semitic. Like, no, I don't feel so. There were there were times in his podcast where he even was just like, you know, I feel even weird saying, you know, they, 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 um, and blaming the quote unquote days. Um, I, I really feel like he just failed at being a journalist at being a host, which is fair because he's not one. Right. That's correct. But, he, but he has a podcast and he had, he had someone come on, he had a guest. And so as that host, he definitely, um, should have, as you said, found a way to, uh-huh. Not necessarily agree with his guest, but to get information out of it. That's correct. Um, so definitely, you know, can say I I appreciate what Diddy did in stepping up. Um, I I was expecting more. Yeah. Not, not for just not um, specifically from Diddy, but I mean from the black community. I yeah, feel like more outlets. That's correct being around him but the people who matter the people who have the means i haven't heard much from them so you know i think i think viacom owns bet as well so he ain't going to bet yeah i mean bet is is everybody um for some reason still thinks that that's a black network it's not it's it's not not. (laughs) he he ain't going there he needs he literally really really needs i don't say this yo nick in this moment if with, with the with the money you got start your own production bro you know what I mean? Like, do it. I know we all. I know we like getting money from the other guys, and it's not saying whoever the other guys is. The other guys comes in in very forms and shape, right? But, but do your I, own thing, bro. I also kind of feel like this moment in time for a lot of people, not just Nick. Um, it's a it's a moment where a lot of people are. Um, following different paths, finding different avenues, um, changing professions, um, just looking at different um, ways to channel their skills. So, I, I mean, I feel like this could be um, something that just needs to get walked away from at this point, you know, um, something that he can he can look back on and say, OK, I, I did something new. I did something else. I came up with a different idea. Um and actually own it. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. And I would say this. Um, we've heard Young Buck go through the same thing. I'm going to go to rappers at 50 Cent when 50 was like, yo, you just got to be a, pay attention to how you're signing your deals. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know where what's where or what's going on with your, your personal endeavors, mm-hmm. this is how people get taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, as bad as it sounds, you know, this is more a business lesson than anything else. I mean, it's a personal a personal lesson of how to of how to utilize your your platform. But I feel like in Nick Cannon's case, like you can't you can't go around changing what's wrong with what you said because it's already happened. That's gone now. But with your deals, you know, what I mean, things that can change over a period of time, renegotiations and stuff like that. This is when I look over. I must say this, you know, and you can educate me. This is when I look over my lawyer, like, yo, how you didn't tell me this was in the deal. I honestly, I thought about that when he was saying, you know, they swindled him and it was misrepresentation of certain things. And, and I was just like, how did you not know this? There had, like, there had to be a, a, a point in time when you knew that 
they could take it from you. That's correct. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for him to just walk. Walk and leave the show as the empty shell that it is without him and whoever will walk with him. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean... How do you enjoy Wild and Out without Nick and without some of those other cast members that, like I said, will walk behind him? How? Yeah, it, well, it's not even that. It's like as bad as it sounds, you know, I, I don't, we don't have no one corny enough that we've grew up around that holds Nick's title. Like we love Nick because of his level of corniness that we feel like we get from him. You know what I mean? And when you think about it, is it's just his way of knowing how to entertain the audience that he has, and it's like. Even if they find somebody else, they, for one, a lot of people, based on how the show would, is ended and have what we know because of what the culture is, mm-hmm. a lot of people are not going to watch it. Yeah, I agree. Because I'm going to say this for me personally, because of how it ended and what and what it ended on, right? I'm not going to watch it while it out because I do feel like there could be a median in this, right? The same, and I, I will I will say this because I can't be I can't go the same way. I see the same way goes like yo. There's different ways of how to reprimand people, because mm-hmm. I'm and I'm just I'm, and I don't want to say I'm biased on this conversation because I'm talking from a a black perspective. You know what I mean? As a black person, is that I would want Nick to be to get a second chance. But if I'm being fair, if that's how they felt and that's how they, if they feel that that personal about what Nick did to them, like yeah, separate, separate, and go your own ways. And Nick, this is your opportunity. To do your own thing, I think that's the that's the biggest and brightest thing that comes out of this. And I'm not, and yes, I do love that Diddy gave him his opportunity. If you're not going to work with Diddy or Tyler Perry, you just need to you need to create your own avenues. And this is for all for everybody. Like ownership is key, guys. If I've learned that, you know, I mean, Janelle can't say that because you know she has her own law firm. But ownership is anything because for one, no one can control what you do and what you say because it's owned by you. Yeah, it's your narrative. They can never take that away. And I mean, I suppose that's part of the struggle of the black community at this point is finding um, ways to own our stuff. Because you know, airing your show on on, um, I I forgot the percentage that they said um, black people own in terms of TV stations and t- TV networks. I think it's like six percent or something like that. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Not so, major networks either. Yeah, and um, you know, I think in that you have to look at at the possibilities for black ownership in um, TV networks and and other areas of media, um, because I I do know from from just uh, things that I've read in the past and um, reports and stuff they they do make it difficult. Um, and a lot of stations are owned by, you know, one big parent company and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, ownership is key, but there, there's a there's a cap when it comes to the black community at, at times and in certain um, areas. Now, Jill, a quick key question. Do you think if he if if even if he owned a cancel culture would have caught him with this one? I mean, I feel like just based off of Twitter right now. Uh, so many people are rallying against i mean uh, for him rallying with him in um in the black community but i know that there are a bunch of um people who are upset at what he said not just the 
um, things that are deemed to be anti-Semitic, but also about his comments on um, white people. And Uh I do kind of feel like he he echoed it a lot that he was referring to Dr. Farrakhan's, um, uh, what is it, uh, speeches? What does he do? Uh, Sermons? I don't know. Um, Yeah, called a sermon. Right. So, um, you know, in repeating things like that, I I completely understand that um, you're repeating hateful rhetoric when it comes to anti-Semitism, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of the conversation that he was having about white people and the history of white people, um, I don't really see um, the harm. I, I think, mm-hmm. like I said, it's history, it's facts, it's historically what has happened. Um, yeah, ink is dry, boy. But he definitely um, did echo some of um, Dr. Farrakhan's, I guess, uh, out there <laughs> views that... Um, you know, white people are less than because they lack melanin, right? Um, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't think that that's something that that even should be um, echoed. Because but, I, I keep it real, you know, I don't think we will last that long in the snow. So I don't know what to tell people. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Your people are just built for different weather, guys. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've never been to the snow, but I don't want to be to the snow. That's yeah, so what I'm just saying. <laughs> And I know a lot of white people who be like, no, I'm moving up to Colorado. I'm just going to live up in there in the snowy mountains. I'm like, really? But I know black people do too. So, But that's just, that's just to say the least. So um, I'm not sure. I just I feel like a lot of people were pissed off. And I guess it, it just depends on who was um, willing afterwards. I know the black community, majority of them, um, I don't think they would have uh, stopped watching him. Um, yeah. But he, he definitely lost a lot of people um, in hosting. His name is Professor Griff, by the way. I, okay. I looked him up a while ago. <laughs> um, I honestly, I, I never heard of him before now. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. As you said, it could have been done differently. Um, it is what it is at this point. Can't take it back. Um, I just personally feel like it wasn't malicious. So, like we said, guys, in context... he apologized. He tried to apologize, you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah. in context, just the context, um, yeah. I do think that it was a really sucky situation, and he definitely did some stuff wrong here. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, but it's, it's a learning matter. I'll take it. Yeah. You know, I think, I think I would say this. Based on the conversation that we've been having... In COVID and in racism, because mm-hmm. because I feel like that's it goes into different ways. I think it's it's a good conversation because we can't want as black people we can't want I want to say white people to learn if mm-hmm. sometimes we can exuberate certain things that can that can be misconstrued the same way. So right. for us for us to teach somebody to do the right thing, we have to be doing the right thing. Well, I mean, that that also um, sits on the premise that black people should be teaching other people to do the right thing. Right. So I don't I don't agree with that at all. Um, But I will say as people in general, um, I think that to live well with each other, we Mm -hmm. should share what we want to see. Right. So um, you can't both want, um, you know, no racism, but then also be prejudiced. That's correct. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that um, 
on a certain level. But I think that's the end of our talk. Oh, yes, guys. Just so just so we can make sure we have everybody just in context. Um, please, guys, um, if there's anything that you hear that you you like, that you dislike, agree or disagree, um, we're going to have you leave that in the comment section. Um, those are the best things about being in context, because if we did take anything too far out of context, we just want to put it back in context. Right. And as I said before, you know, I'm not completely educated on um, these topics, anti-Semitism on a whole. I mean, I do have Jewish friends. I um, have been very close to Jewish people, but I, I am not completely educated on what may or may not be um, anti-Semitic or offensive, right? So I can only say what I view. I can only say what um, I thought or I heard. Um, and so if I, you know, somehow said something wrong, if I, if I missed something completely, yeah. comments. <laughs> yeah, guys, those are the best part. <laughs> hey, guys, and I'm, I'm open to be educated because I would say this. Um, I am the one here that doesn't have a college degree. So with my mind being open in different ways possible, please feel free. Um, I think I have a lot of blank pages that still needs writing to get done on it. And I know for sure that my ink is far from being dry. So go ahead, guys. Um, fill the comments up. Say what you need to say. Do what you need to do. You know what I mean? Post what you need to post because we definitely want to hear it. Just in case we take anything out of context, we just put it back in context. Um, so, guys, I would like to say have a wonderful day. And we look forward to the next episode. Peace.